Podcast City Network. Hi everyone, I am your host, Mark the Shark Retorto, and welcome to the Mark the Shark MMA Show, where every week we talk about the wonderful sport of MMA. To me, we will review the most recent and upcoming events in MMA news. In each episode, the format may be changed, but you will always be entertained. There will be special interviews with special guests, along with special insights on the sport from our guest hosts. Also, check out our Facebook page for news and updates on future episodes. Also, we appreciate donations from our listeners to keep our podcast up and running. You can make a donation by clicking on the Click the Support button found at anchor.fm slash Mark the Shark MMA Show. And that's Mark spelled with a C and not a K. We are also looking for guests who want to be on the show and sponsors who want to advertise their product and brand on the show. For more information, contact me on the Mark the Shark MMA Show Facebook page. Page. Also, for a plug-in, if you're looking for a good action thriller suspense novel, check out a book called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. You can find it on both Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. It is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobooks format on Amazon.com. and paperback version only on BarnesandNoble.com. And the hardcover version is only available at www.retortofamilybooks.com. For a good book for your kid to read, check out I Am a Survivor or Invisible Girl, written by a little 11-year-old girl by the name of Christina Retorta. She has her books in Kindle and audiobook format and paperback format on Amazon.com and paperback format on both Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And a hardcover version is only available at www.retortofamilybooks.com. Okay, everyone, keep on listening. We'll be back shortly after this break. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash MMA show and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash MMA show. All right, guys, we're back on the show. I'm here with uh, my co-host, Steve. How you doing today, Steve? I'm doing very well, Mark. Thanks for having me on. All right. And today we're going to do a recap of Bellator 227, 228, and last night, UFC 243. Well, I guess we could start with uh, UFC 243. That's more fresh in our minds. So, what did you think of the, the card? I mean, I thought the main event was good, but what did you think? Main event was good. I think Israel, that's a guy that, you know, has had a lot of hype behind him. And he's lived up, he lived up to the hype, not just in terms of his fighting ability, but also as a, uh, a star, someone who gets, you know, people talking and watching. I don't know, uh, how did you feel about that dance routine in the beginning, Mark? Uh, dance routine, I thought it was uh, a little bit funny. You know, it's kind of reminded me of the WWE, you know, like what they do with the wrestling. But um, I think from a showman's perspective, I think that, like, 
you know, the fact that he won helped. If he had lost, then he would think he would have looked like an idiot. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I think he just felt really confident in the fight and uh, in, in what he can do. And that's probably why I put together that whole thing. And um, what I do like about the main card is that even though Whitaker lost, he didn't hold back. You know, I, mean, I think that's probably what led to him getting knocked out. But yeah. – he, he went out on his shield. Now, whether he comes back and gets the belt back, that's another story. But I think he went out on his shield the way a champion should go out, you know? He was coming forward a lot. Yeah, I think he knew that. He's you know, Israel is six foot four. basically has a reach advance over everyone he fights. I think uh, Robert Whitaker knew that he had to really just be aggressive from forward. Because if he didn't do that, he'd probably been for five rounds. He would have been on the outside just getting jabbed, you know, getting pot shot the entire time. So he knew he had to be aggressive in the fight for him. Unfortunately, it didn't work out, but I think he knew that was, that's kind of his only path to victory. Yeah. But what I did like, what he did, which a lot of other fighters don't do when they're fighting a tall person, is that he actually tried to use his legs more. He did a lot of kicking. Mm. Whereas a lot of other guys, when they, I don't know why, and when they fight a tall person, they try to come in with hands more. I don't know why. I guess maybe they're trying to use their boxing again to get uh, into a, a grappling range more. But I like the fact that Whitaker tried to use his his kicking skills um, to, to get the deal done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then uh, what did you think of that Dan Hooker fight with Alan Quinta? Another example, uh, I think it's kind of similar to the main event in, not, in that you had this taller guy, right? In this case, it was Dan Hooker using his range very well, keeping the guy at the end of his punches. So mm-hmm. that's another idea. I mean, two uh, good examples of people using the physical attributes that they have to their advantage. Uh, let's go back to the main event a little bit, though. I think it's very, uh, what I noticed about Israel is that he, he has a big tendency to kind of uh, lean back a lot. Even while he's yeah. doing punches, and you look at the sequence at the end, right? That's actually how he uh, finished Robert. Robert was coming in, he leans back, and as he leans back, he's still throwing punches and he catches the Whitaker with that. I don't think I've really seen anyone else um, fight with that sort of style before. You mean is it to be, to be able to fight going backwards? Yeah, just leaning, leaning backwards, which I believe is, I guess, is technically incorrect because it takes away power, right? But he can lean back, avoid punches, and still come back with his. Uh, with his own strikes and get the guy down. I don't think you really see guys doing that. The only other fighter that I, that, could, that really was able to fight going backwards was Anderson Silva. But, yeah, when, when it comes to striking, um, like from a boxing standpoint, you're not supposed to lean back. You're supposed to go forward and bob and lean. Yeah. But when you throw kicks in the mix, like if your hands aren't up, that's you, you, you. That's the only way you can really avoid the strike is by leaning backwards. So it's a little different when you're um, playing uh, long range striking as opposed to mid and close range. But yeah, I mean, he pulled it off. I mean, I gotta gotta give him credit, and he's young too. So doing his prime. We'll so he got a belt. I think he's got. Uh, I know people were talking about that John Jones. Yeah, yeah. What well, I don't understand, what's up with that? I saw a comment that John Jones said he's going to make him his bitch. Do you know what the story is behind that? Well, 
I don't know the specific details, but I know Israel is a very brash young guy, very confident in himself. I'm imagining at some point he probably said something that must have, uh, you know, I'm coming, uh, John, I'm coming for you, blah, blah, probably something along those lines, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And then um, you also had uh, Diego Lima versus who defeated Luke, Jamano. I thought that was uh, a decent fight. Um, but a lot of the other fights I thought were lackluster. Then you had those two uh, big guys, Sergey Spikfa and Ty Tavana. That was Some a guy that right. by arm triangle choke. No, I actually enjoy that fight. Uh, you don't really see too many you know, Sambor judo throws in the MMA high level yeah. outside Ronda. So watching him kind of work some of those takedowns, Ushimaya, that head and arm through he throw he did in the second round. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, big yeah, guy. Kinda, that, you know, so yeah, I, I liked it. It kind of, kind of took me back to a little bit of a Cairo Parisian. You remember him? Yeah, the first guy, probably one of the first guys that you really saw doing the judo, judo throws in the MMA. For all you uh, newer fans, Ronda was not the first person to bring judo into MMA. It was Carl Parisian. Yeah, he was the first one. And he had some nasty throws. I think he's actually from the same, uh, same uh, team that, that Ronda's from, actually. The Arme- all the, was it the Armenians, right? Highest star yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, he had a match with, I think, Diego Sanchez. Didn't he have a match with one of the Diaz brothers? I don't know if it was, was, uh, it was Nick. Nick. No, no, Nick. He beat Nick. Yeah, oh. and those were those, that one with Nick and the one with uh, Diego. Diego were my two favorite. Like, mm-hmm. like if I had like create a list, I like my top twenty fights. Those two would definitely. Be. Yeah, I remember Caro losing a teeth in that fight against Diego. Actually, <laughs> I remember that. This dude. <laughs> Crazy, crazy. Diego's still going yeah. strong. I don't Carl hasn't fought in a while, I think, but I think Diego's still he's still I he has a fight coming up actually, I think. So Yeah, he's still fighting, man. He's fighting at a lighter weight now, too. I don't I don't know if it's uh featherweight. I don't know, it's some ridiculous. He goes up and down in weight hmm. so much. But I mean I think overall last night's card, except for like the main of I would say the last three fights were probably uh, the best ones, mm. you know, even though I like Diego Lima, but uh, I mean, Aliquinta tried hard, the other guy just like was just a little just seemed to beat him everywhere, you know. Mm. And those big guys, I mean, that I thought that was kind of entertaining how they I wouldn't say they were great grapplers, but they did a lot more off their backs than most people do. Like most people went around their back to try to go right for the cage and walk, wall walk up. They it's were very hard to uh, in high level MMA to really get submissions off the off uh, your guard anymore. Yeah. Even on the jiu-jitsu guy, guy that lost was doing yeah. half guards, trying to do half guards to get up. I mean, he's pretty good. Yeah, you know? I mean, even a lot of uh, the top level jiu-jitsu guys, like you know, Maya, Jacare, yeah. really were guard. So yeah, it's not that easy, mm-hmm. you know. And then going over to, uh, to Bellator, 227, that was with Henderson. I think that was last week. That was last Friday. Last Friday was – last weekend was, like, if you're a combat sports fan, they had everything. They had, like, Bellator on Friday. 
They had a Bellator on Saturday. They had a UFC on Saturday, which I didn't get to watch. Then they had the ADCCs, um, which I, I didn't get to catch. So I just focused pretty much on the Bellator. Hmm. Um, but I only like uh, caught the main card with Ben Henderson and Miles Fury. Uh, did you see that fight? Which fight was it? Sorry, uh, ben Henderson versus Miles Fury on uh, 227. Bellator 227. Before the show, the show, I was actually on the uh, Dazzle app looking for the replay, but they yeah. don't have it up yet. I wanted to watch it and talk about it, but I didn't yeah, catch it when it like, happened, but it's not, but it's not, I don't think they have it on the archives yet. So, yeah, I hope not. They oh, you know what? I may have, I think I actually recorded that, so I'm surprised they don't have it on there. But I did catch the main event because um, I was doing everything on a Saturday. I was trying to, get the best of whatever. So pretty much like Ben Henderson defeated Miles Jerry by unanimous decision. He was just a little, um, just a little bit better, but he wasn't overwhelming uh, Miles. Um, but I thought he did a pretty good job. Um, it went all three rounds. Um, so I was pretty impressed with that. And then with Bellator 228, where I really wanted to get, but I couldn't because I was at my daughter's, I was at a football game where my daughter's cheerleader was check out the preliminary card for Bellator 228 because they had AJ Agazon, uh, who was, um, I guess, making his Bellator debut. I don't know if anybody knows him, but he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. He's a Division One wrestler in college. Um, he's starting his MMA career. He's got two wins and one loss. Um, I didn't see the fight, but he did win it by unanimous decision. But the guy has pretty much done everything you can do in jiu-jitsu. I think the only thing – I know he's placed in the ADCC. I don't think he's ever won it. But he's won the Nogi Worlds as a black belt. He's won the Pan Ams as a brown and black belt. I mean, he used to compete like a lot. And I've actually been at some of the same tournaments with him when I was a blue belt and he was a brown belt. Um, he was always in there. He was always in the top, like, top three competing every weekend. So I really wanted to catch that one, but I couldn't. I was going to bring my Bluetooth headset. But I would, even with the Bluetooth, I, and, and watched, it, watched it, the app, using, watching using the app on my phone, there was no way I was going to be able to hear anything. Um, but what I did like, what I did catch were the uh, – was the main event with uh, Daniel Witchell defeating Saul Rogers. Um, it was by unanimous decision. That went all three rounds. And then you had Darren Caldwell, who defeated Henry Corrales, and A.G. McGee defeated uh, Georgie Karkarin. And then Patricia Pitbull won his match um, by unanimous decision. And then you had Gregor Masasi defeated Leota Machida. But I, I, what I really like about the Bellator thing now is you're going back to their roots with the tournaments. The tournaments, yes. And they have um, the Grand Prix which within um, each weight class. So within this one, I don't think they did it the night before. I'm trying to see. 
Now, I think the night before, 227 was just a regular card. But what they do is, is they have um, every other event, they pick a weight class to run towards the uh, Grand Prix. Now, for the featherweight, so the 228 card was pretty much, except for the main event, all the, um, well, in the main event, all except the main, the main, the main event, were all for the featherweight Grand Prix uh, uh, tournament that they're hosting. So uh, what I liked about it is that they all fall hard, and AJ McGee, I don't know if you saw that fight, Steve. He's actually been on a tear. He's still undefeated in Bellator. I was watching that right before, actually. It was a very yeah, good fight. And so, he, uh, five, he knocked the guy out in yeah. seconds. I mean, he's been on a tear. The guy he beat is pretty good, too. Pretty solid guy that's been around for a yeah. long time. So. Yeah, and, that, and Georgie has like, got decent hands. He's got decent submissions off his back and on top. I mean, he's real top-notch. Hmm. And um, Darren Caldwell is in the tournament as well, and he actually used to be the former champion. Um, I forget who he beat. I think he beat that little that little wrestler. Eduardo Dantes, right? Yeah. Or, or, or I'm thinking of the other guy. Joe, you're thinking of Joe Warren, I think, but he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Was it that one or he beat yeah. the Dante guy? Eduardo Dantes, yeah. Yeah. So he won his match. I mean, all the matches were really good. I really liked the, the – uh, Tournament format for each weight class. I think it's great for sport. I like the fact because it doesn't, the politics don't get um, into play at all. It's all about um, if you win, you move up, and that's it. Um, I still don't understand why to have a Grand Prix when you have a world champion, but I guess. Because I think they actually had someone from – they also sometimes have people from other organizations. Um, I forget the Japanese organization. I don't know if it's one that the uh, – right. Dream. Yeah, yeah. whoever ran Dream and Pride, it's the same um, – no, Same dream, exact uh, guy, but they changed – It's called uh, – yeah. Not Dream. Yeah. It's uh, Risen – I know, yeah, they, uh, yeah, you know yeah. Kago, right? He fought uh, Horiguchi. He fought twice. Once was in Japan, Risen, and they had a rematch in uh, Bellator in the United States. So, yeah. So, what they? I think one of the guys that fought in this tournament, they actually had him in the tournament, and I think he might have won. So he might be one of the guys. I don't know what weight division it was. So I think he's going to be going. He's in the finals too. But what I liked that towards the end. I mean, you have Patricio Pitbull against that guy, Juan Archuleta. I mean, that fight was good. I mean, Patricio, even though I was actually surprised that that guy didn't get knocked out. I mean, that just proves how tough that guy is. But Patricio, I don't know if you saw the fight, dominated him everywhere. If it was on the ground, he was out grappling him. If they were on their feet, he was out striking him. And Patricio Pitbull is known for his knockout power. Yep. With either hand, both him and his brother. And I, I thought that that was a real exciting fight. And then what they did at the end of the show is they had, they call it fighter selection, where all the ones that won their first round get to pick when, which uh, month they're going to fight in over the next six months. 
And then at the end, they gave the champ because the champ, um, you know, he's a champ. He got the pick when he wanted to fight. So he threw a little wrench in and he's fighting, I think, a guy from Ireland. Uh, I think neck in March or something like Gallinger. that. Gallagher. Gallagher, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I think he fought in the uh, card right before the one we're talking about right now, right? Because that was in Ireland. Yeah. I mean, so I thought that was pretty cool. They threw a little wrinkle into it. And then you got the the, the main event where Gregor Masasi defeated Leota Machida. Now, what did you think of that fight? I mean, it was a split decision. What did you think? I just saw the highlights where uh, Leota was working that guillotine choke at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he seemed to he seemed to do a I don't I don't know I don't know how I don't know what determines a split decision and what determines an unanimous decision. I've seen some fights where I I thought they were pretty close and I thought it should be a split, and then I've seen some split decisions where the um, one guy really dominated I thought, and then they made it a split. Um, yeah, I, I I thought it was a little bit more relevant than that. Like Machida just seemed a little off, where everything, like whether it was on the ground or the striking or whatever, but he couldn't. Machida just could not pull off his uh, explosiveness. You know how he like he explodes and he gets that like one punch in that like karate type punch or yeah. slash Superman punch and, and just knocks you on your ass. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. It doesn't really work unless the guy is kind of moving forward a lot, right? So Yeah. I mean, he just could not pull it off. And he fought hard, you know. They're both champions. Um, Gregor Masasi was a strike force champion. When Lota Machida was obviously a, a dominant UFC champion. Hmm. I forget how many times he defended his belt. Like, at least more than three times. He's got to have some record. He was, like, a pretty dominant um, fighter. And, uh, yeah, he just couldn't pull it off, you know? That's what happens when you have that guy's style, though. It was a split decision, right? Split decision yeah. and loss. But when you, fight, when you fight like that, you know, leave the judges, you never know. It was almost kind of a coin flip. I think it's kind of the same with uh, Frankie Edgar, right? A lot of times he doesn't really – he does kind of that point, almost point sparring style. But a lot of yeah. times you kind of uh, get screwed over in the decision. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, for that last fight, who did he fight last? He fought the champ. Um, the guy from Hawaii, what's his name? I think his name right now. He got dominated in that one. The current champ. Um, whatchamacallit? Um, he fought Max Holloway. He got dominated in that one. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, man. <laughs> he he wins some, he lose some. But yeah, I mean, I'm just looking forward to see um, the next Bellator fight, which I think is next week. I think next weekend they got they got a whole. Uh, well, this week they got a lot of stuff going. They got the PLF playoffs. I've been slacking my PFL. But I'll probably watch that when I want to see how Kayla Harrison does it, does in there. Then next week is UFC 19 on ESPN with Johanna coming back. 
right? With Michelle Waterson. Cry hard. And then you got my, one of my favorite jiu-jitsu fighters and pure jiu-jitsu because he doesn't do any of that barambolo crap other than Hogger Gracie. He's heading up the co-main event, Cub Swanson. Right? Mm. I mean, I mean Connor, let's, let's talk about this briefly. Like, who do you think's gonna? Who do you who who do you think's the favorite with Joanna or Michelle? I'm, I think Joanna, right? I know Joanna's right. She's uh, she's. I don't think she'll get the bill back again, but she's only lost at the very top. Her yeah. rematch with Rose, uh, she still looked pretty solid, you know, even though Rose did come out the winner. But yeah. I don't think she's uh, unless something's just dramatically changed in her mentality or her her training. I think she's still too much for Michelle at this point. Yeah. Now, what do you? Who do you think? You think she's gonna beat Michelle Waterson? She's got, I think she's still. She's not. At, she's. I don't think she's gonna be champion again, but she's still at that. You know, top one, top two level. Michelle is pretty solid, but I think she's a person who's not never really gonna be a title contender. I think Joanna's yeah. just on the that championship level. You know. Yeah. I think. I. I think the the brass is just trying to test Joanna. Although I think she did win her last fight, but it was like, man, she didn't overwhelm a person for her call. I think she just won it by decision. So let, let's see how that plays off. Now, the one I'm really interested in is the co-main event uh, with Kron Gracie and Cub versus Cub Swanson. Because Kron, on the ground, he's just got very basic jiu-jitsu, but it's high-level fundamentals is. Yeah, it's like crazy, crazy jiu-jitsu, right? They don't do any, none of that, you know, De La Hiva, reverse De La Hiva, no, or Brimbo no, stuff. No. Dog, triangle chokes, arm bars, rear naked chokes. Yeah. It's like hoisted. It's like hoisted yeah. years ago. Yeah, but I, what, I, so the people who don't, may not know, Kron Gracie is the son of Hicks and Gracie, who was considered, out of the Gracie family, he's considered the best except for uh, their, their one brother, I think, is actually considered better. Roll Holes Gracie. But at the, since he was dead at the time they gave the interview, they always said that Hickson is the best. I mean, the guys have – he did, but he's mostly well-known for MMA, just like uh, Henzo is. But Kron, um, I've seen him as a brown belt on, uh, you know, an IBGS, man, and he just, like, smashed through people. Like tapped, he, he he holds the record, I think, still for the most submissions, other than um, Hogger Gracie, but particularly at a brown ball level, like he's lost matches because because of his style, he's more of a submission fighter. He doesn't he doesn't like he doesn't mind giving up positions, kind of like Gary Tone and to go for points. He does go for submissions, but he holds the record, I think, other than Hogger Gracie. For the most submissions, and um, just a little more trivia, he did beat Gary Tonin. I was going to say that ACC for the ADC title, like two or three, a couple years ago, and that was when Gary was at his peak, and he was like undefeated up to that point. Like no one was beating him, like in a two or three period, except Krom. <laughs> That's how good he is. Now, what I want to say is because he doesn't have the uh, the wrestling, I mean, I know he trains with the, he trains with the Diaz brothers and 
They don't really have good got, wrestling. They got either. good wrestlers on. They don't really have good wrestling here. So. Yes, yeah, I mean, they got. I'm assuming Jake Shields is still with them. So you got that guy, and you got Gilbert Mendez, who was who wrestled. Um, so I want to see how he does against Cub Swanson, because Cub Swanson, you know, he's a jiu-jitsu black belt. I don't think he's at Kron's level, but striking, he's well above Kron in the stand-up. So I'm just interested. I wouldn't be surprised if Kron pulls guard, because he hasn't done that. <laughs> I actually did that in uh, Japan when he fought. Just, there's this guy, I don't know if you know him, but Tatsuya Kawajiri, he's a veteran. Like yeah. 50, probably 50 MMA fights at the point. He actually uh, pulled guard. This guy, this Japanese guy, is known for being a very strong uh, wrestler, good top control. But Kron yeah. knew he couldn't take him down, so he just pulled guard and submitted him of an armbar from back. Yeah, so I, I, I want to see. Uh see that one. So who, who do you think is going to win that, Kron or uh, a Swanson? Mm. Classic grappler versus striker match. Yeah. Mm. I mean, uh, so, you know, Swanson's pretty experienced, but I know uh, uh, Cubs, I mean, Cubs are experienced, but I know uh, Kron's been taking out a lot of these guys that have been uh, fighting MMA for a long time. The one yeah. example I just gave was Kyle Jury, but in his last his UFC debut, he fought uh, Bruce Leroy, right? Yeah. That guy has been around for a really long time. He's been around a long time, too. And Kron basically just tore through him. So. Yeah. And then this other match is with another uh, well-known Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt uh, in the world of female jiu-jitsu competition, Mackenzie Dern. I don't know who she, anything about the person that she's fighting other than they, she's got one more fight in the MMA. Like Mackenzie Dern is 7-0. This lady is 7-1. Amanda Rapiez. Now Mackenzie Dern has been doing jiu-jitsu since she can walk. Her father uh, is Megaton Diaz, I think is his name. I'm probably saying it wrong. I forget the guy's last name. I forget it's Diaz. It uh, was a He's competed in every single world jiu-jitsu championship, whether he's won or lost. He's, in, he's like done 24 of them. Anyway, so Mackenzie's been doing jiu-jitsu since she could walk. So that's another one I'd be interested in seeing. So it looks like they they're, they're decided to like to break out all the top jiu-jitsu sport players and throw them into uh, the world of uh, MMA. So, I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. That's next week, October 12th. All right, guys, we'll be back after this short break. All right. All right, guys, this is Mark the Shark, and I got some great news. If you subscribe to my email list on my website, I will email you a promo code that will allow you to save 20% on any MMA gear or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gear put out by Hypnotic. All you have to do is go to www.marktheshark.mmashow.com and that is Mark with a C and not a K and subscribe to my email list. Go ahead and subscribe today. All right, guys, we're back on the show. And I just wanted to make a quick announcement. 
Um, both me and my daughter put, published some new books that are now available on Amazon, currently just now in paperback, but um, they will be available in Kindle format soon and audiobook format soon. My book is called Marcus the Vampire, and my daughter Christina's book is called A Little Bit Louder. Um, you can get them now at www.retortofamilybooks.com. That's R-I-T-O-R-T-O, familybooks.com, or Amazon. Um, I actually just finished doing an interview with Ed Pizzini um, with his podcast called Business Conversations. I will include a link to that podcast interview in the description notes of this episode. What's up, world? This is Will, and you are about to listen to the Mark the Shark MMA show. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. This is Mark the Shark with Twitter, sending a message to all the fans out there. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help support it by making a small donation. It could be anywhere from a dollar, four ninety nine, or nine ninety nine. It could even be a monthly donation. Any amount is appreciated. To donate to this money to this podcast, go to www.markthesharkmmashow.com. Again, that's www.markthesharkmmashow.com. Are you a fan of the Mark the Shark MMA show? Are you looking for some swag? Check us out on the web at www.markthesharkmmashow.com where we sell t-shirts, hoodies, crop tops, hats, beanie hats, anything you want. Check it out. Are you also looking to become a guest on the show and be interviewed by me, Mark the Shark Retorto? Well, go to the website and sign up as a guest. Are you looking to become a sponsor? Go to the website. Sign up. Take advantage of the wild range growth of the sport of MMA and be have your business and service advertised to millions of listeners that listen to this podcast every week worldwide from everywhere. Check it out. www.markthesharkmmashow.com Moments podcast, and you're listening to Mark the Shark MMA Show. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30 day trial membership. Just go to www.audibletrial.com/slash MMA Show and browse the unmasked selection of audio programs. Download a trial for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash MMA show. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original shows, news, comedy, and more from leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And if you need a book suggestion, I have too. 
One is called I Am a Survivor by Christina Ritorto, and the other one is written by me, Mark Ritorto, called The Cabal. The saga begins. Hi, this is Mark the Shark Ritorto. This is a message to all the parents out there. Are you looking for an inspirational book for your child to read? Well, check out a book written by a child, an 11-year-old little girl by the name of Christina Ritorto. She has two books. One is called Invisible Girl, and one is called I Am a Survivor. Both inspirational books written by a child for a child. You can find them at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com, as well as her website, www.RetortoFamilyBooks.com. Again, that's R-I-T-O-R-T-O. from a little bit of everything with me podcast and you're listening to mark the shark mma show and don't forget to like subscribe and rate to his podcast for more amazing episodes guys we're at the end of our show this is mark retorto i'm signing off and don't forget to follow us on our facebook page it's called the mark the shark mma show and it's mark with a c not a k and also feel free to leave us messages by using the anchor app and also don't forget if you look in a mood for a good action thriller book to buy my book called the cabal the saga begins it's available on amazon and barnesandnoble.com and if you need a good book for your kid Get the I Am Survivor book or Invisible Girl book written by my daughter, Christina Retorto, also available on Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show and continue to listen to our shows every week. Thank you.